So we are continuing with our practice uh, today, continuing um, with that sense of presence in the body or with sounds. Um, And present and sensitive, sensitive to well-being, as we've been doing, to pleasantness, to a sense of uh, any degree of comfort or niceness in the experience. Um, And then also sensitive to um, the hindrances, like we spoke yesterday, and to working with them, attending to them when that's relevant. Uh, and throughout, we're remembering yeah, possibilities, yeah, that there's always a way of relating that's happening, that's contributing to how our experience is appearing, mm-hmm. and that this way of relating is not fixed. So we can uh, shape it towards an experience that has more well-being, uh, more kindness in it. And I just want to kind of recap the practices that we've done so far, um, because you can use any of these as your primary practice. And you can also, of course, combine, you have some uh, time with one practice and some time with another. Helpful for each session to be clear about which practice you're doing. And so we started on the first day with a longer um, breath, inviting the breath to be um, more comfortable, uh, more easeful, more appropriate to uh, our experience. And something I want to highlight with that, which I didn't say um, at the time, is that sometimes, you know, we hear a longer, deeper breath, and especially if we have some experience with yoga or breath work of different kinds, um, we might take this to make a, a kind of a coarser breath, yeah, which might also have a sound to it. Yeah. Um, so that's not what we're doing here. Yeah. So we're inviting the breath to be more long uh, and deep, if that brings more well-being, uh, but it's still a subtle uh, degree of, of breath. So we're not we're not, it's not to the, you know, if, if we're making a sound as we're breathing, then um, kind of that's not what we're aiming for here. Yeah. Just, to, just to be aware. Does that make sense to people, that differentiation? Yeah. Um, and then we also explored the possibility to breathe or to imagine the breath more as a, on its energetic, subtle level and to feel that happening in different parts of the body, yeah. opening Uh, the body as we do so. Um, So that's another uh, possibility. And then yesterday afternoon, Nathan introduced the metta practice. Yeah, this intention of kindness, which is always part of our practice. Um, But we can uh, do it in a more intentional way, uh, like we were doing yesterday afternoon. I can use phrases, images, um, so these are kind of the three uh, main practices we've put out so far. We can work with uh, any of those uh, anytime. So last night, you know, I was touching on, you know, we're practicing in a certain way, we're tuning into well-being, and then sometimes we meet 
the hindrances. And um, I'll just kind of uh, just say a couple of sentences about that. I said it last night, but I'll repeat it. You know, the first thing we do when we meet the hindrances is acknowledge. And then if it's possible to go back to the pleasantness, we go back to that. Sometimes the hindrance is just a little flicker. Doesn't require full attention. If it becomes kind of more hindering, yeah, more obstructing, drawing more of our attention, then we turn to it and work with it in the service of coming back to uh, the well-being. Yeah. So we kind of attend to it in a way that allows us to then come back um, to to the well-being. In a similar way. As we practice, we may, and we probably, most of us already have, um, encounter areas in the body that uh, may feel um, uncomfortable, painful, um, contracted, anything along that range. Uh, Or if you're working with sound, it may be that within the soundscape, there are uh, sounds that arise that uh, feel, you know, unpleasant or create a, a sense of, of discomfort for us. And I want to say a little bit this morning about how we can work with these. It's part of our practice, just like the hindrances, they're part of our practice. This is also part of our practice. How do we attend you know, to that which needs our attention? So we remember this teaching around dukkha. Dukkha, that um, my favorite translation of that word is ill-being, the opposite of well-being. Comes from Thich Nhat Hanh, those of you who know it, know him. Um, Yeah, ill-being, opposite of well-being. And if we think about ill-being, that's the whole range from, you know, a slight discomfort in the body or a slight sense of uneasiness in the heart and mind, all the way to that which is really hard to bear. So intense uh, pain in the body or or in the mind. It's kind of that whole range. And that's kind of what we mean when we use this word dukkha. And you can maybe understand why we use dukkha, (laughs) because it's a lot less words than to say everything I've just said. But remember that whole uh, range. And as we engage with any degree of dukkha and experience, we're remembering a few things. One is that a lot of the dukkha that we experience and that we can transform is in the way of relating. How we're relating shapes the experience. And um, that dukkha arises with that demand on experience. Remember that yesterday? That's a way of relating that builds dukkha, demanding, pushing and pulling uh, on experience for me. Dukkha also arises with contraction, something we'll touch on over the days, but a sense of limitation, contraction, tension. The tension gets small, the awareness gets small, the body often feels smaller. Yeah. more contracted. So these are all things um, that are helpful uh, to remember. 
And so when we meet, when we want to cultivate a way of meeting uh, the unpleasant, painful, the uncomfortable, the unpleasant, when we cultivate the way of meeting that skillfully, we're interested in doing that through changing the way of our of our relating and through bringing um, a kind of another way that is not that pushing away, which is our habit around the unpleasantness, a way that supports the easing of contraction, the opening of space. And so if we go back to this little um, map that we've been using through the retreat, you know, when there's an experience, there's an object and there's a way of relating to, to that object. When the object in attention, yeah, which is usually where our attention is drawn, not where we've chosen to bring it, is unpleasant, yeah, that's the object, a pain in the body, a discomfort in the body, an unpleasant sound. The way of relating will typically be uh, a pushing away, pushing away, reactivity in not wanting this, go away, pushing away. With that, if you imagine or even do it like I'm doing it now, when we push something away, the contraction builds in the body. We feel it in body and in awareness, yeah? And so we want to move from that reactive resistance to the unpleasant to something else. So again, another um, way we react to the unpleasant is we do this. We shrink away. That's also, that's very visibly a contraction, right? Get away from it, yeah. Um, And uh, this is all... All, all things that we can change, all material to work with. And we can kind of train ourselves, train in the skill, develop the skill to move from the pushing away, rejection, or the shrinking away, yeah, to a response of kindness and care that includes looking after ourselves, yeah, it's looking after ourselves, but actually supports draining some of the dukkha out of the experience. And that whole movement from reactivity to response, you know, that's the movement we're making um, through the practice. So just like I said with the hindrances yesterday, also with the painful, the unpleasant, the uncomfortable, um, most of the time we're not actively looking for it. Yeah. We like to use this phrase, don't trouble trouble. Yeah. Don't trouble trouble until trouble troubles you. So we're not actively looking for unpleasant things or discomfort in the body. They will come. Yeah. Same way, we're not looking actively for, you know, oh, is there a hindrance starting to appear? Uh, 
they will come yeah, in their time. Um, but in the practice this morning, just this morning, we will kind of be working with it just so that we get a taste of that possibility, yeah, turning towards the, the uncomfortable uh, just for this morning. The rest of the day, the rest of the practice, don't go looking for it. Just if it comes, you'll have a felt sense of how uh, it's possible to attend, to attend to that. So the first response is always, I said it already this morning, I'll repeat it, I'll keep repeating it. First response, okay, there's a little niggle in the knee, but the breath is still really nice. Yeah. The attention, because of the negativity bias, will shift to the niggle in the knee. Yeah, that's what the attention will do. But we can bring it back yeah, to the niceness of the breathing. And that's our first response. That's what we're uh, trying to do. Yeah? Just a little niggle, but because of the habits of the mind, it will take our attention. It will draw our attention. It will try and keep it there. Yeah? We're not following that pattern. We're kind of developing different ways of responding to experience. So that's the first response. As we're doing this, we're not suppressing yeah, the niggle. <laughs> we're not suppressing the unpleasantness. We're just opening to more of what is here. Really important distinction. Oh, there's the, the pleasantness is here. Yeah? And I can bring my attention to that. I can sustain my attention to that. The niggle in the knee or the shoulder or the distant sound. Yeah, that can still be there in the space. The space is big enough for that, but it's not where I'm giving my attention. Does that make sense? It's a real skill, so valuable yeah, to develop. I'm not going with the habit, going with the intention. If it keeps grabbing our attention or it builds, yeah, at some point it becomes like this, like, Pain, breath, pain, breath, pain, breath. <laughs> it's like this real struggle. Yeah. Then we turn, yeah, same like with the hindrances, and we say, okay, let's work with this now. Okay, we're turning to work with the pain or the discomfort, skillful ways. Um, and then once that, you know, might be that's the whole practice, maybe that at some point through how we're attending to it, how we're relating to it, pain actually becomes less of a problem, it might even disappear or change, and we can come back to the breath or the sound. So all of those are possible. So here are some ways of doing this, some possibilities. Um, the first one is, um, you know, the one I've already mentioned, we open up the space, we allow that discomfort to be there alongside the pleasantness, and we give more attention to the pleasantness, but we've opened up the space, because it will shrink around uh, what we find unpleasant, strong habit of mind. And so we open it up again, and in, in that opening can already be some pleasantness, and then we can bring in the breath or the sound, uh, and keep that space open. That's the first possibility. The second yeah. possibility is to see, can I breathe with this? Yeah. 
And even if you're not using the breath as the primary anchor, you might see if it works to use the breath here. If it doesn't, then can I listen with this if you're using the sounds? You know, if you're using the meta, can I just bring meta to the experience right now? And we say to ourselves, okay, can I breathe, you know, one breath, three breaths, <laughs> something quite uh, contained with this. So that we don't have the sense of, okay, I'm agreeing now to this pain being here forever. Just, can I just breathe with it? With three breaths. Or three metaphrases. Or the arising and passing of one sound. So we're agreeing to just this little bit. Can I just be with it? What happens when I am with it in that way? Another variation of this is, can I let the breath come around that area of painfulness? Yeah, kind of breathe around it, around the perimeters, around the edges, around that maybe part of the body. Or can I breathe around, um, you know, the sound or around the ear where the sound is coming? Yeah, if it's an unpleasant sound. So we're kind of encouraging, kind of bring the meta around it to touch the perimeters, the edges, depending on what my practice is. The third variation, (laughs) (laughs) 2.3, is can I imagine the breath coming in and out of this area of discomfort? Or if I'm using sound, can I imagine the sounds coming in and out of this area? Or if I'm doing meta practice, can I feel the meta phrases flowing in and out of this area? Kind of coming into contact with that part of the body or that area of sensations um, or the unpleasant sounds, but we're doing it in a very different way. We're actually engaging the anchor of our practice to come into contact. And what's the difference here? Yeah. Just to name it, we're not rejecting, right? You notice that? If I'm breathing around, if I'm breathing in and out, if I'm breathing with, I'm actually saying, okay, you're allowed to be here. I'm engaging differently. So one more possibility is, you know, I I mentioned earlier, dukkha comes with contraction. And uh, if we feel it, you know, we can feel it in the body. We can also feel with unpleasant sounds, the awareness also contracts around what we find find to be unpleasant. It's almost as if, you know, the body's trying to keep it in one area or the, or the awareness is trying to keep the sound contained, you know, not to spread. And so we can invite and really emphasize on invite that contraction to relax. That's another uh, thing we can do. You know, we can feel uh, discomfort in the body and invite the area around that to relax. Just the area around that to relax. 
And the last um, option I'll, I'll bring is um, to hold that unpleasantness in metta or in compassion. Yeah. So there's an unpleasantness in the body or there's unpleasantness in the soundscape. And we're just kind of, you know, you can imagine cradling it or holding it in kindness or in compassion. Have a flavor that speaks to you. With all of these, important to say, something that can creep in is what we call the subtle agenda. I'll breathe around you or with you. I'll hold you in compassion so that you go away. Yeah. It's wonderful. (laughs) Wonderful what our minds do. The subtle aversion, a form of aversion coming in and saying, I'll do this so that this happens. And we notice it, compassion, humor. Yeah. Compassion, humor of noticing, oh, yes, that's happening. And we're just reminding ourselves, you know, yes, the dukkha can be reduced in this way a lot of the time. Yeah. But this is not, you know, practice of zapping the unpleasant out of existence. Yeah. That's not exactly our intention. It's deepening understanding about how ways of relating impact experience. Yeah. Deepening understanding about how experience is shaped so that we have a wider range of understanding, a wider range of response to our experience. That gives access to a deeper well-being that is impossible, even when there is pain and discomfort. So we will be working with this um, primarily in the body or with the hearing, the ways that we've been practicing. Keep it to those arenas. Um, And we're doing that because we want to develop our skill with what is less complex for us Um, and within that uh, initially the way I'll be guiding it in this practice now we'll try and also work with the milder and less um, less complex discomforts because again it's like it's a training that word it's a training Um, and we're building up the muscles of this way of relating and so we start with what is Uh, more accessible, less overwhelming, and we build up, if that's possible for us, building up our capacity. Yeah. And yeah, as I said, we're going to practice now, um, and we are going to a little bit kind of see if there's any discomfort to work with after a while of practice. Uh, But through the day, I would say, don't necessarily do that. Don't go looking for it, but work with it when it arises. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's practice. If you need to change posture or um, stretch, stand, open out any part of the body before you settle into the practice about half an hour of lovely, enjoyable, nourishing meditation.
coming up. When you're ready, settling into your posture for this time. Tuning in to that intention of kindness and interest as you settle into the posture. As you make any adjustments that are needed so that the body is as supported stable and balanced as possible in the posture. As you do so, the awareness coming more fully and deeply to the body, and if it's helpful, we can take a few moments to ground the awareness in the sensations of contact. Body and seat, body and ground, body and mat.
And then gently from that groundedness, inviting the awareness to open and expand through the body. Having a sense of the whole body here. Awareness stretched, expanded through the whole body and perhaps a little larger than the body containing the body. Sometimes there's already a sense of niceness, pleasantness, just in that openness and stretchedness of awareness through the whole body and a little larger, that cocoon, a bubble of awareness. We can also include here the breathing or listening, hearing, or the metta if you prefer. Keeping the awareness wide and within it, the breath, in any way that feels helpful for you. or the listening, or the metta. We'll take some time to settle into the practice and also to attune to any well-being that arises. Anything pleasant, comfortable, nice, some degree in the breath, body, sound, the meta resonance.
So noticing what's unfolding in experience right now without judging. Taking a few more moments to tune to the anchor of attention and any comfort, pleasantness, okayness that's available. And gently opening to see if right now in this moment of experience there's something somewhere in experience that feels mildly uncomfortable. Might be a tickle or an itch or somewhere in the body that feels stiff or blocked or numb. Might be a particular frequency of sound. Opening the attention to this and staying soft and open as much as is possible as we turn the attention with a breath or oh, anchor that we're using just saying ah oh, see what happens if I allow this to be for three breaths If that seems to work, we might try another three breaths or you can see what happens if we invite the breath or the sound of the metta to flow around. This area of tension or discomfort. Light touch of attention flowing around, perhaps soothing or just a touch of care.
And we might also explore what happens if I imagine the breath or the sounds or the metaphrases flowing in and out of this area of discomfort. Opening and softening. If it feels like one of these three ways felt more juicy, more applicable, more perhaps potent, powerful for you, then continuing now in your own way. Just working with one of these three. Breathing with the sense of discomfort, breathing around it, imagining the breath coming in and out. Whichever practice we're doing, we're We're so aware of as much as possible keeping the body space open. Softening through, inviting any contraction to ease as we practice.
If whatever you're doing is working well with you, continuing with that. Sometimes the sense of discomfort may change. It might even disappear. If that happens, either going back to the well-being or opening to check if there's different discomfort somewhere else. In the body or in awareness. And also just explore the possibility to invite the contraction around the area of discomfort to relax with emphasis on invitation or bathing holding that area in compassion tenderness metta just exploring one more possibility here Inviting the contraction to ease and relax to whatever degree is possible. Or bathing with compassion, tenderness, metta.
So through the day, yeah, we're continuing to emphasize well-being, yeah, pleasantness, comfort, okayness, loveliness, beauty, niceness, that whole range. When uh, discomfort, pain, the unpleasant arises, yeah, so we're not looking for it. When it arises, we acknowledge, yeah, this is here. Acknowledge this is here. And then we have the possibility to meet it. It can be helpful to choose one or two ways. Yeah, so based on the practice we just did, yeah, maybe take some time now to say, ah, what, which ones of these ways worked for me or felt accessible and useful? And just have one or two that you're, um, that you're cultivating, that you're developing. Um, I'll do a recap in a moment. Uh, I think we have also uh, put them up on the two notice boards, both the one online and the one here in person. Um, so at least some of them are there. Um, and so you can go back to, to refresh. Um, but just to kind of r- remind the opening of the awareness and allowing the discomfort to be there alongside the well-being or the pleasantness. Yeah, that's one way. Then the working with the breath, yeah, through just breathing with, allowing it to be there, breathing with, breathing around, or breathing in and out. And we can also do that with the sounds or with the metaphrases if that's our primary practice. Relaxing the sense of contractedness and tension around the discomfort, yeah, and also this can be also with an unpleasant sound. We contract and we invite that to uh, relax. And holding it with compassion, tenderness, metta, yeah, whichever one of those flavors is, is uh, applicable for you, is accessible for you. And remembering in the background as we're doing this, we're not zapping. <laughs> That's not the intention. It may happen. Yeah? If it does, great. Enjoy that and absorb the insight. Yeah? The way of relating has an impact. Mm-hmm. And we're working primarily with the body or sound. Yeah? Cultivating this skill with where things are more tangible, tangible and less complex uh, for us. And over time, yeah, this can be a skill that we develop for more and more areas of our lives. Remembering also, if uh, the pain persists, persists beyond the particular session, so, you know, say there's an ache in the knee or the back and it continues in the movement session, yeah, um, continues through the day, Uh, It may come back in the sittings, that's less of an issue. But if it persists while you're not in that same posture, um, then uh, leave us a note or just be aware this is somewhere in the body that's calling the attention. Mm -hmm. So um, then we might want to move slightly um, in the the meditation session. Uh, Likewise, if this is an area of injury or an area of chronic pain, you know, something that you know about your body, 
Uh, it can be helpful to work in these ways for a while, definitely, but also including the possibility to move as part of your practice. And Nathan touched on this yesterday, yeah. with a sense of mindfulness, with a sense of inclusivity uh, and care. Uh, the movement practice, yeah, movement or walking. A few things. Yeah. So some of you, just the word movement or walking, you may already meet the unpleasant sense of like, I don't like that. Or, I don't want that. And the weather today is going to be helpful for us because uh, there may be some rain, there may be some wind. Yeah, some things that for some of us are delightful and for others maybe a sense of like more of the I don't want. Yeah. Um, if we're if we're going outside. Um, so to include that and just to see, you know, part of what we're doing with these practices is we're increasing the range of what we can be with, but also of what we can appreciate ultimately. And so just to notice, oh, if there's a sense of I don't want something. Uh, maybe the walking, ah, can I just relax the contraction that will be there around this and tune in to a sense of kindness, care, yeah, in my best interests, yeah, to try this, yeah, to feel the um, kind of the, the, the joy, the possible joy and well-being that comes with, with a challenge. Um, and also... Uh, opening as we do movement practice, whatever form that takes, whether it's walking, whether it's indoors, outdoors, uh, another type of movement, opening to more subtle. Yeah. So we've been here now for a while. Our attention may not feel like it, but here's a way of kind of saying has gotten more subtle. It's gotten more refined. And so we can start paying attention to more subtle, um, aspects, more refined aspects of the body moving. So we can just notice uh, that. So whether it's the breath or the sensations of contact or the sense of the whole body moving that we're using as our anchor uh, or the sounds, is there more subtle, more refined aspects of that that I can tune into? Just checking, playfulness, playing, seeing, is that possible? Um, And does that bring joy? because it really can <laughs> notice the more noticing the more subtle mm-hmm. and again we can also take time to enjoy that in the world around us um, whether we're indoors or outdoors if it's windy where we are um, we might kind of notice the subtle beauty of um, the wind moving yeah the leaves or the branches yeah of trees or the light changing, for example, subtle thing, we can start to bring uh, attention uh, to that, yeah, Uh, the color of a rock, the curve of a branch, many things we usually don't notice, we can start to, to see. So we're both kind of opening to our, can we be more with the kind of what we usually reject, yeah, and can we increase the subtlety of what we are aware of, what we are sensitive to, 
We're interested in kind of the kind of well-being that appears that is nourished by both of these uh, movements. And maybe one last thing to say is to, it's also a really good time um, to uh, kind of start leaning also more into the continuity of practice. Sometimes we have a sense of, okay, bell rings, this this ends, meditation stops, and then it starts again when I'm, you know, in my sitting or walking position for the movement. Yeah. And in between, you know, we're not, we're not, there's no continuity. Um, So that's the case. I see some smiles, definitely the right response. (laughs) Smile, noticing again, this incredible mind that we have. Um, And, uh, and then say, ah, can we bring a sense of continuity? It might be light. Yeah. It's not, we don't need to have exactly the same intensity of attention but a light mindfulness a light presence a light awareness as we go through the in-betweens you know as we get up as we move um as we go from one form to another yeah and also yeah during you know going to the toilet um uh you know making a drink having a drink having food uh, resting all these other things that we're doing in the day see if we can have this kind of more of a sense of continuity. So a nice kind of playful image is that we can imagine, you know, that as we're practicing, we're blowing up a balloon of presence, you know, subtlety, mindfulness, <laughs> kindness, whatever it is that we're doing. Yeah? And often the way we relate to that is, you know, the bell rings and we let go of that balloon. Yeah. <laughs> man goes from the room and then we get back, you know, come back to the next session of practice and we've got an empty balloon and we blow into it again. So it can be a helpful image to just have a sense of, ah, bell rings or, you know, change is coming and we just, you know, hold the balloon tenderly and lightly with the air still in it, with that kindness, with that presence still in it and it comes with us, yeah, as we, every once in a while, we blow into it. Yeah, we keep it inflated, we keep it going. Um, that can be a, a fun image um, for what we're doing, if you like. So um, for those who wish, we will be here for some questions and responses. If you feel uh, it's more appropriate for you to go and practice um, in movement or in stillness elsewhere, then... Uh, feel free to do so. I'll just take a moment for the movement to happen, both online and here, and then we'll open to to questions. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.